Hello and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we have our dander up as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 85th episode in the series, Scared Straight. And what's exciting is that today we have a special guest with us today to talk about Scared Straight. We have Chris Gallo, who is most notably of the meticulously recorded and impeccably parodied Oh Shut Up Rose and Golden Girls posters, respectively, internet fame. You're not playing fair. That's a man. That's a man. (laughs) man man. You're a man. You're both men. Hello. Hello. I'm Chris. It's a a pleasure to be here. So where are you from, Chris? I'm from Connecticut, also known as the place where Dorothy's fat goes in the meantime. Your neighbor. I'm, 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 I'm so honored to live in a state that is referenced on the show. So yeah, no, I'm Chris. I'm just a normal, regular person that just happens to be obsessed with the Golden Girls, like most people. And what's um, I- incredible about you being just a normal, regular person, and as we've established on Enough Wicker, that normal, regular people can be scholars too. Uh, I just want to, you know, call attention to the fact that you well are well deserved to be on this uh, scholarly podcast, particularly for Oh Shut Up Rose, because. I will say, you know, just a fact check, gotta be a scholar. I'm always looking for what's the exact quote, you know, that I, I'm trying to remember from a certain uh, episode. And I'm sure many of you listeners out there have done as well. And nine times out of 10, Oh Shut Up Rose is the top hit, not only because you've been at this for quite some time and obviously mm-hmm. have some great, you know, Google search uh, SEO juice, also because you're the most accurate you're the most yeah accurate it's the most source. reputable source for sure absolutely so congrats thank you. to thank you, you. <laughs> that that was like my goal because it's just like you know sometimes you just want a quote and you can try to google it but if it's something really like like you know random or really generic it's like it, it won't come up and it like saddens me so like it it you know i try to keep all the best quotes, the things that will show up when you want to Google it and it's there and, you know, you can move on with your day and paste it to wherever you want want it to be. (laughs) So can you talk a little bit about, I'm I'm sure our wonderful listeners know about Osho Rose, but in case they don't, can you talk a little bit about sort of how you started that site, when you started that site? And I I love the detail about how you were like doing a service to the Golden Girls community to make sure that you had those accurate quotes on there. So basically, um, I started in, uh, what was it, 2015, I think was the 30th anniversary of when the Golden Girls premiered. And there, at that time, at least, there didn't seem to be any, anything like that, like a website that was just dedicated to like quoting the show. And basically, to be honest, the reason why I came up with that idea specifically and the format that I use is... I had stumbled upon a blog at work. I was bored at work one day, as people tend to be. And I stumbled upon, I'm a a big fan of Saved by the Bell. I grew up watching that show. And I I stumbled across a a blog. Um, I think it was called like, it was like Saved by the Bell quote of the day. And it was some person who would go home to eat lunch on their lunch hour from work and watch say by the bell because it happened to be on like when he was home for for lunch and would just like write down random quotes from the show and kind of categorize them like the 
you know, the Jesse, Jesse Spano is, is complaining about this. And it would be like a funny Jesse Spano quote. And I started thinking like, why doesn't this exist for the Golden Girls? So I kind of like searched the internet. I was like Golden Girls websites. I was looking at any kind of, you know, user created site that like might exist. Cause I didn't want to put the effort into doing something that was already done. Um, so I couldn't find anything that was like that. So I was like, well, I'm going to do it. And of course, like the normal thing would be to just start at the beginning, but the third season is my favorite season. So I started with the third season and has some of my favorite episodes. So I just like, I came up with, with certain categories, like every episode, there's always a quote that, you know, specifically is, you know, a very Blanche quote or a very Sophia quote or or certain references that happen throughout. And I kind of wanted to catalog all of them. I wanted to get all the references to movies, to TV shows, to like sports people, um, and just, and not have any kind of commentary about it. Just, I just wanted the reference. I just wanted, you know, the quote, and I wanted it to be there somewhere on the internet where someone could find it. And, and because I'm a big movie fan and I've had, I have, um, I've done a movie blog for like years where I just review movies. My, my ideal job would be a film critic, but I mean, this, these days, everyone's a critic. So, so it never really went anywhere, but I was like, I'm going to keep my own blog. And every time I'd go to the movies, I'd write a review of it and I would grade the movie. So I was like, I'm going to do this for the Golden Girls. I'm going to catalog. I'm going to watch the episode. I'm going to have all the quotes, all the really good, memorable quotes, and then write a little critique of the episode as almost like, you know, almost for my personal reference, because sometimes I'm like, what did I think about this episode? And I'll go back and look it up and be like, oh, I gave it an A minus. Okay. Like that, that's fair. Sometimes I'm like, I was too generous on this episode. I wasn't fair enough on this episode. Um, but it's real. it really functions now as, as just a good reference, where it's like, oh, even now I'll be on Twitter or Instagram and I'm trying to think of a quote and I can think of a partial, you know, part of the quote. So I'll put right. that in quote. If you do that in quotes and I type in, oh, shut up, bros, it usually is the first thing that like comes up. Even if I don't type in, I oh, do that up, now. Sometimes it does. Yeah. Yeah. So, I do that for our Twitter all the time. <laughs> mm -hmm. And there have been, the, there used to be a site that had, um, it was all transcripts of TV shows. Um, and the Golden Girls was on there. And I would look that up to, and it was, it was a good way to copy and paste without having to write everything down. But even that wasn't always 100% accurate. Um, and then that went away and I found another one that's like good. So that's, you know, those are good when you want to, you go to a specific episode and you can do control F and find a quote. But I just want to be able to, you know, Google a quote, there it is. Um, and that's like really it. And then I just started Photoshopping my face into like scenes from the episodes because who doesn't want some random, you know, guy's face on Betty White's, you know, face. So there you go. Well, what's great is that, that those all appear in Google search image results yeah, as they, well they, when you're looking they, for episodes. Yep. All, all my Golden Girls, they'll be like, oh, I was Google. I needed a picture of like, you know, you know, Aunt Angela or whatever. And I type in Aunt Angela and like a picture of me like shows up. And actually they sometimes they show up in the Golden Girls Facebook groups where like people unknowingly will like be like oh look at this image and it has like my face on it like I so photoshopped great. my face onto uh, Fifi the monkey um 
stands traffic cone monkey and like someone like posted it on facebook like in the golden girls group and like no one seemed to notice that like my face was was there so i don't know i i just i'm just trying to put out my you know golden girls fan juju out into like the world and just who is this random person that keeps coming up when i'm trying to google search google image search the golden girls you know i just like slowly I overtaking that guy. right right and it, it is all disturbing of a sudden abc how much images <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. They're right, like, wait a minute, right. where did all of our officially licensed photos for the Golden Girls go? It's just this guy. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been I've been doing that. It's been a long process to, you know, it's been it's been, you know, initially when I first started, I I did like the whole season without posting anything. And then I was ready for the 30th anniversary. And I was like, here I go. And then that's why slowly over time I've just it's it has taken me a while to to get back into it to do it because it is pretty time consuming but I only have a couple episodes left and then it'll it'll be over and it'll just be there for everyone to enjoy (laughs) I love it I love it um so you're talking about photoshopping I can you Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about your more recent projects uh Golden Girls posters who many of our Instagram and Twitter followers might know you better as yes um so that basically just started on Facebook as well. in one of the golden girls groups, I, I just, I, I'm a, I'm a huge movie person. So like I said, I write reviews. I'm obsessed with movies. I buy movies. I'm all about movies and I love movie posters and I love the golden girls. So why not put the golden girls on movie posters? Right? So like one day I was, I just had this like epiphany. I was thinking of the movie back to the future. And I was like, Zbornak to the future. So this was like a few years ago and I really poorly put Dorothy Zbornak's face on Doc's face, um, you know, from the Back to the Future poster. And I posted it in um, an intrauterine, the the Golden Girls uh, Facebook group. And I said, hey guys, I love movies. And what are some like, you know, Golden Girls, you know, themed like movies we could come up with like movie titles and some people like threw out some ideas and they were fun and it just like really got me like excited like why doesn't this like movie exist why doesn't this poster exist so I just started just trying you know I downloaded some photoshop apps on my phone I literally do them on my like on my phone I don't have like super fancy it is photoshop but it's like a free version that like I use that I've just gotten better over time um and I just was, it just became like an obsession. I was just like, this is so funny. I think it's funny. I literally sit there and I make them. And sometimes I just like laugh to myself and I'm like, this is so stupid and so funny. And I love this. And I don't know how people are going to like react to this, but like over, you know, there are the people that are just like, you know, no, the golden girls, you can't, you can't change them or, oh, this is disrespectful or those types of things. And that's fine. It's, it's 100% a tribute and I, and I, you know, love, you know, the Golden Girls and the movies that I, you know, the posters that I make. So it's, you know, my, my psychotic tribute to the Golden Girls, essentially. I love them. I love them so much. And I am glad that you said that you laugh when you make them because I, I like every single time I laugh and I'm, I'm not always physically with Sarah. And so nobody I'm with ever gets it. I'm like, mm-hmm, do you see what he mm-hmm. did? Because also what I love so much is that you pull like super deep cut 
quotes mm-hmm. is like the movie tagline a lot. And that's mm-hmm. always what gets me my favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I do. I just like, I sit there and I don't even know how I come up with stuff half the time, but I'm, you know, I'm putting, you know, I'm putting it together. I'm like, this is so funny. And I have to run over and show like my boyfriend and he's like, eh. he, he's someone who's not like a, he's not a fan I've like showed him episodes and he's like oh it's fine you know that type of thing like most of us have to deal with um but like even he's like yeah that's funny you know like it's it's just funny seeing their faces on other people's bodies and it's just you know and me trying to come up with stupid taglines and you know you know just different references some of them are really generic some of them are just like you really have to like know an episode really well to like get the reference and that's you know I like the range of you know deep cuts versus just general golden girls references so there's something for everyone yeah you can appeal to the appeal to the masses and the esoteric right. weirdos like ourselves <laughs> yeah Tommy's boy oh my god I died Tom, yeah. <laughs> That's why I, so I love the one, the random ones with like the relatives or random characters. Like I love like Yvonne, like I love putting her in things and just the random, like there's so many amazing random characters that like show up throughout the series. And I, I want to like put them on like every poster. The problem is, is that finding good quality images of these of these characters is very difficult. So I'm usually just taking a screenshot from my phone. You know, I Google Yvonne from the Golden Girls and there's pictures of Hillary Shepard, um, you know, on Instagram, Google, but it's all pictures, of, you know, recent pictures. There's not a lot of good high quality like images of these people. So, you know, there's not a lot to work with, but you know, I try because no one else is really doing it. It's what I do. It's a public it has service. to be done. Really do. It's a public it service. <laughs> no, and then people started, you know, commenting and saying, like, I want this on my wall. Like, I want it. So, of course, I had to, like, appeal to, like, people and, you know, I print them and sell them, some of them on Etsy. Um, so it's really just, you know, I'm glad people enjoy it. You know, I do it for fun. It makes me laugh. You know, I just like to, like, sit there and put a movie on or put the show on and just make these like silly posters like in my like spare time it's like it's just so much fun and you got some attention from from a logo article right like you got highlighted kind of early yep. on yeah i mean so initially i was posting these these um posters on my like personal instagram account um which probably thrilled the 70% of people that follow me that like could give a crap about the golden girls like you know, my family and those people that were probably like, yeah, that's great. You know, okay. Um, and then <laughs> I was like, I really, I, <laughs> right. So like, yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, I, I guess I should probably create like my own account. So I did that. I did that. I think in January, I think it was 2000, was it 2019? Um, it feels so much lo- more long, longer than that. Uh, I think it was January, 2019. And then a few months later, it was so random. All of a sudden, like one night, it was like a Saturday night. I was, I remember I was at a friend's house um, and I was just like, you know, like how everyone, even though when you're with friends, you still have your, you're attached to your phone. And I just started getting all these like notifications that like, I'm getting like, 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 and I'm like, what is like happening? Um, I think I had just posted a picture of like B. Arthur's face on like Cardi B or something. And I was like, it must be this you know, a lot of Cardi B, like Golden Girls, like fans are really like, you know, really like this. 
Um, what a, what a Venn diagram. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, it's crazy. Um, so I don't, I was like, why, why, what's, what's happening? And I just kind of searched and I wasn't tagged in the post, but I noticed that like log, the logo channel, the cable channel had posted a thing about, you know, with the picture, not one of my posters, just the, the golden girls. And it was like, oh, this, you know, this goal, this Instagram account, like puts, you know, the golden girls on your favorite movie posters. And I was like, what is this? And I like clicked the link and there was an article that this guy who was like, apparently had been following me just really enjoyed it and wrote like an article that showed up on logo. I think it's like newnownext.com or something. It's like logos, like website and posted a thing, you know, it was like, you know, it was Bornak Mountain, um, Marguerite Pray Love and, 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 and some of those early classics. Um, 72 hours, 72 hours, 72 hours, you know, with the, with the, um, the R cup is like right in the middle of the (laughs) The R cup. So, so it was just like, and I think it was, it had to have been because of that. It was shared and it was shared on Twitter as well. And it, you know, I got, I gained a decent, you know, new following from that. And it's just really just been growing from there. A lot of people from the show follow me like writers, like Stan Zimmerman, um, you know, actors from the show, Sean Sheps, who played um, Becky number one and Blanche's little girl. Awesome. She, she follows me. Hillary Shepard follows me, who played Yvonne. Um, so they keep putting you know, her I, posters. I, I, so I always, course, yeah. I, I always tag, I always tag them. So, you know, sometimes they like it and will like share. Um, but, you know, every once in a while you get like a, a follower that is, you know, has a decent sized following and we'll share and, you know, I get a whole bunch of new like followers, you know, and I'm not trying to be like famous or anything. I just, you know, I just want this stuff to like get out there because I know the world is filled with Golden Girls fans and I would love to my work to be seen by, you know, the people that would appreciate it. Yeah, so for sure. And I think that the, like, whenever you post something that is like, super for me like I'm a big Kate Winslet fan I spent a lot of my time okay. as a teenager on yep. katewinsletfan.com and so like mm-hmm. whenever you post something that she's in I always just share it to my personal account and I will get like one or two responses like did you make this or like where's this from or whatever and I do feel like people respond to it who don't even who aren't like super fans or whatever it's just like mm-hmm. you got to get them with the right you know the right movie right it's, and it's odd it's odd too, because sometimes like I'll I'll be making one and I laugh to myself and I was like, this is gonna get five million likes, you know, and it kind of like, you know, I'm not gonna say it bombs, but you know, it's I'm like, oh, I thought this would be, you know, would get more likes. Not that it's all about that, but you know, I just figure it's hard to judge sometimes like what's what people are gonna respond to. Sometimes it's just a good combination of like a a movie that people know and like and a recognizable poster versus or like an epi- a reference to a specific episode or character that people like really know. Like I did one for the movie A Quiet Place with Emily Blunt and then the poster, she's sitting in the bathtub. So I turned it in from A Quiet Place to Quiet You Trash, which doesn't like really make sense because she's not in a tub in that like episode, but I did yeah. make a reference to like, she's sitting in an inch of water. So that one just like blew up and everyone's like obsessed with it and I think it's funny too I love it but it's just like it's it's so it's such a random like 
movie and reference like together but I sometimes I don't know sometimes it just like works out like that you know sometimes I just I'll make a funny like meme or just photoshop them into something that's not even a poster sometimes I just like to like you know change things up a bit and sometimes those get you know you know like um the meme that was going around that was like you know felt cute late felt cute might you know might delete this later, delete later. thing you know that you know I make you know I'll meet a meme like that and post it and it gets like a million likes but like I'll like spend you know an hour with this really good photoshop and then it's like yeah it's fine an artist's work is never done I know <laughs> So I, I have a question about this whole, you mentioned earlier too, like, you know, some posters, like you'll go super deep on the esoteric quote, some you'll do like yep. a more popular recognizable line, like quiet, you trash that kind of right. hits on the people who've just like sort of seen Golden Girls maybe a little, or at least just know the memes mm -hmm. even better than anything. So, you know, right. you have uh, another piece of your empire is a, a tea, I'm sorry, tea public shop um in which you have awesome t-shirts i'm wearing mm -hmm. one now called perfect pizza with pizzazz that <laughs> my like i delight in so much because they are made seemingly made for like true golden girls fans that are going to wear mm -hmm. this bizarre piece of clothing that most people would not understand is a golden girls quote and even if they did right. recognize it wouldn't even be able to name kind of where it's from so right. i think so what, what are your feelings on you know, I think just, you know, getting into like a scholarly perspective and stuff, like what have you seen since you've sort of been on the internet, at least in 2015 mm -hmm. with those chaperones and what's changed about sort of the popularity of the Golden Girls writ large versus also like how many of those fans are like, I love this bizarre quote from 22 minutes into season four, <laughs> episode seven, you know? Right. What have you yeah, seen change? Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's when I started Oh Shut Up Rose, I believe it was before the Golden Girls were on Hulu. And like most, you know, super fans, I have them on DVD as one should. And I, I grew up watching them on Lifetime. Um, you know, I, I was a kid when they first when they first aired. Um, so I had seen it, but I didn't like watch it regularly. Um, so it was the Lifetime era that really got me hooked. Um, but, and I don't know if it's just now that they're on Hulu and people can just watch them over and over and over again. And you just, you, you, you know the lines and you just hear them over and over again. And I just think there's been this boom of really specific Golden Girls fandom over the last few years with the merchandising um, just the fact that there's so many Golden Girls podcasts now, like they're, they're never, there's so many now, they're all great. I listen to like all of them, you know, there's people writing, you know, there's more books, you know, Matt Browning's books, Jim Colucci's books, like people know this stuff and they know that other people are obsessed with them. It's like one of those things, like no one from the eighties and the nineties knew that we were going to have this level of fandom in the future where oh my God, there's, there's collectibles and posters and things and things I could buy, backpacks and shirts and socks that I, that those are the things that I wanted. Like when I was obsessed with the Golden Girls, like in middle school and high school watching on Lifetime and they didn't exist and now they do. And I think everyone is so excited that we have this kind of shared like fandom that was like, 
oh, I'm watching the show. No one else is watching like reruns on Lifetime, but like so many people were. And with, you know, the internet and everything and social media, you like realize how, how really big this like fandom is and how well people know the show. Like they want things like, I like all the, all that stuff that you can buy out there that, you know, ABC puts out that, you know, you know, everyone has the Funkos. I have all that stuff too, but I like, I'm on like, I'm not saying like, oh, I'm better than like other people or anything. That's totally what this sounds like, I'm sure. But it's like, I, like, I want shirts that have random quotes on it, like really random references that, that only other fans would like know. I want, you know, I'm, I'll be wearing like a shirt that had, you know, that has a really random quote on it. And someone will like come up to me and be like, oh my God, that's from the Golden Girls. And those are those, those are the types of people that just like, I get so excited when I meet them. I'm like, oh my God, I found you. Yeah. Like, I, that's like, amazing. You know, it's just, it's just amazing. Like I was at, um, the big E is a big county fair up here in, in New England, in Massachusetts. And I was there like in September and I, I don't even remember what shirt I was wearing. It might've been my uh, Golden Girls Jurassic Park shirt, which I'm wearing now. And this guy like came up to me and was like, hey, I found you. And he was wearing his Golden Girl shirt. And we stopped and like, you know, talked for like a few minutes. And it was just like that, that connection that you have with a total stranger. It's funny because it's usually happening like, you know, online, you know, through Instagram or Twitter, but it, it does happen in real life. You know, people come up to you and I'll be wearing a Golden Girls face mask and they're like, oh my God, where'd you get that? Or I love that show. And I just think, you know, this, it's just... I feel like the fandom is bigger now than it, it ever was. And I'm sure all the people that like worked on the show are just blown away by like how much people, you know, how much it resonates with them, how much they like, how they watch it over and over again. You know, I love it. I can't get enough. Yeah. And I think that like your shop, you were talking about the deep quote, you know, like the, the references and things that you put on there. And that's, it's just crazy that there's such a market for that because like, mm -hmm. I think that we all, like you were saying, we all love the Funkos. We all love all the shirts with like, you know, just like the names of the girls. But mm -hmm. I have a, I have the Miami walkathon shirt and I love all it. Right. And I feel like I've been <laughs> waiting for it, you know, like something like that for so long, because it's like, how many shirts am I going to buy with like all of the girls on it? Right. Right. I mean, I have those shirts too. There's the state golden that you get at Walmart or target. And those are great. Like, the fact that those exist is like, is like a blessing or something. It's like some kind of miracle, you know, that was like, finally the Golden Girls fan, you know, gets the merchandising. It's not just Star Wars and, and all that type of like nerd stuff. It's like Golden Girls stuff everywhere. And I just, you know, the 15 year old me is just like, oh my God. Like, I can't believe this stuff exists. And I just like, we're also justified. Yeah. I feel like it's like, <laughs> I was trying to tell everyone my whole life for 430 on Lifetime. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, like we, I, especially for you, like such a movie buff, uh, you've been watching mm -hmm. all the merchandise for all of the movies, you know, for through mm -hmm. the years. So I think that's, yeah, that's just especially exciting to see. That's awesome. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, so what, so let, you know, like, let's try to bring it to the, the episode at hand. Cause we're actually talking about an episode. So you got, you all chatted in the beginning about this particular episode. Yeah. So we're going to talk about scared straight today, which I think is a pretty popular episode. I feel like most people 
find this be favorable. Um, but I had asked you, we'd asked you um, when we were planning to have you on, if there were any particular episodes coming up that you wanted to join us for. And this was the one that you picked. And so do you want to talk a little bit about why you chose this episode? Yeah, so Scared Straight is a great episode. I think it's my fifth favorite episode of all time. And yes, I have a list because you know, that's that's He's like got a ranking. You know, I, I have to you have to I have to rank them. So this this episode is great because it's it speaks to me pers- on a personal level, but it's also just a really fun episode that has just classic Golden Girls moments, whether it's just funny lines, you know, good insults. Um, you know, I, I kind of like it when the girls are like fighting about something. Um, it has a, it has a, a family member guest star that isn't like a jerk. Cause usually it's like, you know, you know, these family members like show up to, to, you know, cause like chaos in the house. And it's like, I want my, I want my pocket watch. I want big daddy's pocket watch or like, I or just like kidney. fucking in a bed yeah, of your yeah, mom. They're just like roommate. they're just like they're just like jerks, you know, or what like whatever. And and Clayton is just like a normal person. And there's more to it than that, as you like, you know, find out as the episode gets on, which we'll like get into. But I kind of it's almost like refreshing that he's just like, you know, he's not there for nefarious reasons. Like he's literally just there to visit, you know, and then this whole thing about like coming out to, to Blanche is like something that, you know, develops throughout the episode, but I don't know. It's just, it's just really funny. And I think it's very relatable to anyone who, you know, a gay person, a lesbian, anyone that's part of the LGBTQ community. It's, it's an episode that I watched. I had a lot of trouble coming out to my family and it's, it's one of the episodes of, of several shows of you know other sitcoms like Will and Grace is one where there's episodes where there's a character that hasn't come out to like a family member and it's the episode that I would just like watch over and over and over again you know as kind of inspiration or like help it was just it was kind of therapeutic in a way so for all those random like reasons it just I just love it and it's just really funny and it's the episode with the people so like there you go the peephole just, just magically shows up like in the door yeah for no, well for just like one joke death coming um <laughs> yeah it's funny that so I obviously have seen this episode a, a million times and I never I don't think I like fully felt the weight of the coming out piece of it so much um mm-hmm. until this time when I was watching it and um like you were saying like it's so relatable especially when he's like Uh, gets back from the park with Rose and he Mm -hmm. just tells this big huge colossal lie that implement like you know that implements someone else but that's I feel like that's also very relatable as like a gay person right right it's it is it's it's I I mean I've never said anything like that like ridiculous because if I was like I slept with this random woman no one would believe me but (laughs) you know but like the, the 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 concept of of lying of like you know hiding who you are and like lying to either people close to you or your friends or family because you know you have this like deep dark secret about yourself is just something every single person 
um, in the LGBTQ community like relates to. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if the episode is like, you know, the most really the most deep, like, you know, LGBTQ story, but I mean, for an 80s sitcom, you know, I think it handles things really well. And I love that clean isn't just, you know, the show has a, a large array of, of gay and lesbian characters that all range from, you know, stereotypes to, to not. And it's, it's cool that just Clayton is, you know, he just seems like a regular person. And I don't want to say regular as in, you know, being gay is, is, is not regular, but you know, he's not, he's not a stereotype, you know, um, he's not the, the, he's not the gay caterer from Sophia's Rambo. I mean, he's not ready to fly right out of here. Um, so, you know, and I appreciate that because there's all, there's all different types of people in the community. So it's cool to see varying depictions. Um, so, but I mean, also it could be, I, 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 this is something I, you know, I wanted to bring up to you guys, the, the various depictions of these characters throughout the show. It's interesting that some are like, are very stereotyped and then some aren't. So do you think like the characters that aren't necessarily you would consider stereo, you know, depicting a, a, a gay stereotype? Is it because the show was like too afraid to be like, oh, well, you can't be that gay. So he has to kind of act straight or, or like the audience will, you know, not like that. I, I don't know. I think I I think when you say the show, it probably means the network. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> I think right, the, the writers and the showrunners and producers were all about like different depictions and also just uplifting different uh, characters, you know, who happen mm -hmm. to be gay and in different representations. I think to your earlier comment about like eighties network television, it's pretty amazing that we've got these depictions at all. Um, mm -hmm. and, and have these storylines that are fully right. focused around, you know, gay characters, queer characters that um, are, are just, are not quote unquote jokes. They're not all punchlines. And, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I would argue that the gay caterer <laughs> is ready to fly right out of here <laughs> is treated as a punchline. And I right. don't think that someone of his ilk and, and his demeanor and display would necessarily be like a Clayton, like a full on sort of front runner guest star in the episode and have like that much of a right. storyline. Right. Um, but I think to your point, like even, you know, quote unquote, like normal, regular, everyday people like, like Clayton. Regular like gays. <laughs> yeah, the, right. the regular gays. I think that yeah. that, that actually <laughs> benefited people watching it in a lot of ways because mm -hmm they just were like, all gay people are like the caterer. And then you see Clayton, you right. see Gene, you're like, oh, okay. Like there's, there's, there's many people in this community. So I think it kind of, right. you know, it kind of almost helped in a way, which is kind of making excuses for it not being quite as progressive as we're looking at it now retroactively. But I still think right. there's a lot to be said for that. No, I, mm -hmm. I, and I totally agree. And I think that Clayton, in my notes, I actually wrote that the actor, Clayton is so well-written and so well-acted because he's very like, charming and he's very like um not to say that heterosexual men aren't like that but you know he's super complimentary <laughs> and he's very well kept and he's really well dressed and all of these things mm -hmm. and it works because you're like oh he's a southern gentleman of course and then you obviously mm -hmm. find out that he's gay but it's not like it doesn't hit you in the face yeah he's not he's not 
he doesn't have a sensitive assistant on the verge of collapse, you know, but, um, so I do think, I think that's totally right. And the same thing with Jean, I actually feel like there's no, there's like, I can't remember if there's any even like lesbian stereotype jokes on that one day. I, I feel like there's a couple later with like tennis and, and things like that. Um, but I, well, I the you, lesbian you talked shed. about we this. The shedding. No, kidding. Right, the shedding, of course. <laughs> the shedding. You talked about this on our episode, like way back when we recorded that episode, Lauren, you were talking about how she is when you in and excuse the pun but when you're talking about like comedy and everybody else gets to act and you have to have one person be the quote-unquote straight man like gene is the straight man of that episode which seems bizarre to think about because she's like Mm -hmm. the gay star that is supposed to be like the rarity and i think you you know like like you said lauren like there's hardly any like specific stereotypes about her um, that really fulfill that, which is awesome. It's the same. Yeah, I think same that's kind progressive. And mm-hmm. I also think like for every gay depiction, like not not that it needs to be one for one, but I think it's even true of like more modern gay shows. Like I feel like you couldn't have had Jack without Will on Will and Grace because people would be like, that guy's too gay. So I think it, mm-hmm. you know, we can rag on how that progressive the 80s were for a lot of things. But I think this show does a good job of like, like you were both saying, like sort of like, bringing you into a character and then revealing their sexuality and you already like them. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I will, I will back that up with some scholarly research. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll tease this in, in a few months, but Lauren and I actually wrote a scholarly paper, um, that will be published in a journal. Ooh, fun reveal Ooh. right here. Now I was like, we'll tease it in a bit. I'll tell Ooh. you right now, but we're citing ourselves. Um, <laughs> Exactly. We're citing ourselves, but truly we did, we did a little research and there was actually an Ohio State University study um, where they were actually trying to measure how much a fictional character could affect like your real empathetic feelings towards a particular group, like to the character or like just to a group of people. So again, like this whole idea is called parasocial relationships. Like we all right on this podcast and probably everybody listening to have parasocial relationships with the golden girls. It is one-sided. They are not real. Three of the four of the real women who play them are dead. You know, like this, this whole thing, but we still get affected by it. We still are empathetic. Yes, exactly. Um, and so we have our empathy, you know, charge. So anyway, this Ohio state study basically had people, Um, And by people, I mean, like, I believe they were white straight men um, who were reading a story and there were two different stories, right? So it's like, you know, one, the A, the A group and the B group of all these white straight men. And in the A group, in the, the beginning of the story, this character was introduced and it was told to them right away that the character was like, I'm I'm making it up, but like a black gay man. Right. So someone very different from them. And then sort of the character goes through these motions and has the the end of the story in the B group. A lot of the story happened to this main character who was named but not described. And later in the story, it was revealed that, you know, he was a black gay man. And in the B group, the university researchers found that they really related way more to the character because they sort of built common ground first before immediately like highlighting differences. And I hmm. think that, that that really, one, it applies to, I think, all parasocial relationships, including television. And in a lot of ways, television is more powerful. And I think going back to the whole network conversation, it's like, 
they all, we always like to joke. It's like the audience for the Golden Girls was basically America. <laughs> like it's not, it's not like these days where you're like, oh, it's this HBO niche that's only watched by like queer people in Wisconsin or you know something like that. Like mm -hmm. we we have so many different platforms and other ways to sort of slice and dice and be in our own echo chambers these days. But back then, like primetime TV, that was most of America was watching this. So it was really interesting to like build the common ground with an audience that might not be either looking favorably on gay people or just have never literally come across one to their knowledge before. And I think that that's just like a, whether or not it was like the network being conservative <laughs> or, you know, in Reagan's America uh, and then George W, uh, George HW's America, uh, whether or not that that was affected, I think it almost worked to really build common ground first and like sort of just like plant the idea that like, hey, you know, maybe gay people are just like you and me kind of thing. So, so anyway, there is scholarly research to back up like the whole idea of Clayton being quote unquote, just like your everyday Joe who happens to be gay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that totally, I think that totally makes sense. So do we want to maybe each just like go around and like talk a little bit about the episode itself, like get into, get into it? Um, yeah, I so, mean, do you, do you want to just like, th let's throw out a conversation point. I got yeah, a lot. Let's do it. Um, yeah. Okay, so first of all, like I love the opening when Sophia's on the couch and she's like, uh, and I honestly Re relatable. Forgot yeah so relatable i forgot that this was the b story of this episode which happens a lot but i also i think this is such a good b story for this episode because it's so small it's such a small part but every time it comes up it's so funny i love that she punctures after she's sighing a lot she goes hey <laughs> and yeah. just immediately turns on a dime and like Hey, pay attention to me. What the hell? <laughs> it's amazing. I'll scratch the Ben Gay off the grocery list. The grocery list. Like the the it's we're really like we see it later in the episode too with like Dorothy physically pushing Sophia away from listening. Oh, but good. like so we're like firmly in the like I'm just sassing you right back type of situation. Like Dorothy has very little concern at the beginning of this uh, you know quote unquote dream uh, that Sophia had. Yeah, it's I, I love those when when Sophie is trying to get attention or, you know, in a passive aggressive way or like the thing she's like, Dorothy, I'm having a heart attack. It's like, that's nice, Ma, you know, just oh, it's it's so good. And like who hasn't like done that where you know you're you're like <sighs> and you're like waiting for like your partner or like someone to be like, okay, what's wrong? No, sorry, so I, I got three days one. to live. <laughs> Oh, it's the right through me. <laughs> also, so in that scene, like, you know, again, Blanche is waiting for claim. Is Dar Dorothy's making her own flower arrangements? Oh, because like, I wrote, holy shit. I wrote this down too. I was like, is this like foreshadowing like the gay, <laughs> you know, storyline? Like all of a sudden Dorothy's like arranging flowers, like she's a florist or something. I don't know. Just, I'm just, you know, I love, just saying. I love I just how thought you said random. foreshadowing. I love that. Like a set dressing with like, you know. A little Easter egg for the game. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I actually think that they also added uh, more fake ferns in the background. Um, mm -hmm. But I was, I was laughing at the flower arrangements. I was like, listen, if, if you can get a job doing this, like you don't need to advertise in the paper for $8 an hour. Like charge a <laughs> load of money. Those flower arrangements look wonderful. It is always funny, like, the random things that the characters will be doing that, like, they never do again. Like, there's always an episode where they're on, 
you know, the lanai and they're like, oh, Dorothy's like potting, like, you know, you know, planting flowers and pots and just, oh, yeah. I just love that like random stuff. Or the time where, when Lily's there and she's grilling, like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Never again. And it, and it looks like garbage. <laughs> oh, it looks like garbage. It just like looks like also, rocks, like on the grill. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of the props are not the best, but I will say one of the most famous props back in the scene again, the earrings, the earrings that come back and are spray painted over and over and over <laughs> again. They, they have returned to the scene, Blanche is wearing them. <laughs> Um, so what also, like, could we talk about uh, the, speaking of, you know, gay themes, could we talk about the blowing in the ear scene or <laughs> blowing on the earlobe? Oh, I'm going to oh be dead in 24 so hours. <laughs> oh. I love like, so again, like that line is like, all right, thanks for being understanding, Sophia, but it's so funny the way she is just <laughs> exasperated. Like, are you fucking kidding me? This is what you're One dropping day? the last day? <laughs> It is, it is really good. Um, it is funny the way that she said, like the way Sophia says, like, you know, you couldn't stay in the closet one more day. Like, how does this like 85 year old like woman from like Sicily, like know the whole, like come out of the, like the phrasing of like coming like in the closet or whatever. It just seems like, so she, I mean, Sophia is the most with it of like the four of them. It almost seems like she's like the one that's like, you know, you know, she has the speech in the, in the second clean episode about you know why do men have nipples and 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 you know <laughs> that whole thing and you know joking about it and 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 the argue the whole like memeable moment about explaining about gay marriage and all that type of stuff she seems like for for a poor you know immigrant from sicily that she's pretty like you know she's the one that's with it um i was just looking up real quick that like talking about that like the history of the term coming out, like that was just really kind of just only in the queer community for a little bit. So it's kind of interesting to like, be, yeah, like to your question of like, does Sophia know about this terminology? Like, you know, would mm. it have been popular like in this sort of straight community um, at the time? I think it probably would have been like starting to trickle into the mainstream, but that's like a really interesting, it's a really interesting question uh, uh, to like actually explore a little bit more. Cause I actually don't know how or what really put it, it, you know, pushed it into like straight mainstream American society as something you just commonly said. So mm -hmm. that's pretty interesting. Um, I was gonna say more importantly, what is the significance of a September hoedown? That's like what I, that's like what I wanna know. I don't know why hoedowns in September are like, is it have to do with like, like Mr. September? I don't know. I guess that's southern, one for the southern theologians. genteel listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The southern thing. Okay. So I, that's what I wanted to bring up is like, so she gets all like dressed up, you know, for Clayton. And I was like, that feels right to me. It feels very southern, very like, you know, whatever, Hollingsworth Manor. But it's like a little. I don't know. It creeps me out a little bit. I, I feel like there's like a, not a, it's not a sexual tension exactly, but like Blanche is so proud of Clayton's sexual prowess as a, a straight guy that it's like, I'm sure it's based on her own projection and like her own self-worth attached to her own sexuality. But um, I was like, hmm, it's a little weird. <laughs> well, 
So are you talking about the actual introductory scene or are you talking about what my personal part that I was creeped out about is when they're later, like she's pridefully recalling how they were both like fucking next to each both. other, fogging yeah. up the car. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who doesn't because, want to yeah, tag team a little... with her sibling? <laughs> All I could picture too was like cars at the drive-in and one, I flashed to the Dorothy and Stan scene that we will see in later episodes, but two, the like Titanic hand on this, like the fog. Yeah. <laughs> To bring it back to movie references uh yeah it crossed the line for me a little bit there where you're like okay i get it like i get that this episode's framing is like blanche thinks he's straight straight men fuck a lot you're like me but it's, it's a little much yeah. i just thought maybe it was from I'm, I'm from new jersey and we don't act like that with our siblings i don't know right exactly <laughs> yeah I don't, my cousins I don't... have been marrying themselves to each other for generations yeah i don't know what what blanche's thing with like whenever whenever her like sibling comes over she has to like make sure the house looks nice and clean I mean I like to clean too when like we have family members over but like I mean like Jesus like at least we sit down on the furniture you know <laughs> but the thing is she's different though and I think I would expect this from Blanche and like the kind of woman she is like they clearly have a dysfunctional family there's a lot of distrust there's a lot of competition and all of that but the way that she's like cleaning and prepping for Clayton is very different than like the competitive edge that she does for Charmaine or Virginia. And mm. I, I think it's part of that is tied up in like what you just said, Lauren, which is like, she's just really wrapped up in like Clayton's sexual prowess yeah. for some reason, you know? <laughs> and is it like, cause he's the little brother, like she it's like, like a family taught resemblance. him everything he knows. Ugh. Yeah, I mean- Too much, is, she taught him not, too much. <laughs> Yeah, the, my God, Clayton, you're me. Like, that's actually a great, that's a well-written line for sure. But yeah, there's, there's just a little bit of, there's, there's, there's also part, even ignoring like the being super prideful in his heterosexuality or supposed heterosexuality, there is also this like, you know, possessiveness. Like when he says that he, you know, slept with Rose, She's just like, oh, whatever, that's over. That's over. Like she's telling him his business. <laughs> it's actually not mm-hmm. even close to being her business. But out, this doesn't concern you. But um, that part really read to me. Again, if you remove all the other stuff, that's just like, that, that's not a healthy way to act towards your sibling, gotta say. She, she, also, she also just controls his like, his visit there, which is funny because like, she's like, oh, I, I yes. schedules a, a blind date for you. Oh, and by the way, you have to leave. It starts in 15 minutes. Whereas like whenever like, you know, like Lucy came, she's like, I want to hang out with you. And she was pissed at Lucy for like going out and like, you know, banging dudes. But like, but like Clayton is allowed to like go on dates while she, while he's like visiting. I mean, he's never met. um, It's obviously been like a while since he's been there because he's never met like Dorothy and all of them. So it's, I don't know. It's like, but they're so close. I don't know. It's bizarre. Yeah, and Lois, Lois is who we said it here. Yeah, Lois. Oh, yeah, okay. Pablo personality. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's such an amazing point. Like, and that's, 
I, I remember like watching this the first time and actually being struck by this, like, so your brother came to visit you and you're sending him out with somebody else. Like, okay, it's not, he didn't ask for this, but you're right. Like he hasn't even met like Dorothy <laughs> and Rose, like, just like, see you later, Clay. Talk to you again it's, in another 30 years. And like, why would you set someone up with someone who was from like out of town? Like, even if like it did work out, it's like now he has to deal with a long distance relationship. Like, come on, Blanche. It was, it was actually two years. This is the thing that's so weird. He's like, she makes it seem like they just, you know, his marriage ended like a month before, but he, she says later that it was like, or he says, one of them says that it was two years since, yeah. since they broke up. So I don't know. It's no like, comments about his marriage breaking up. Like as though you're meeting your yeah. friend's sibling and you're like, oh, you're divorced. Eek. <laughs> Ooh, oh my God. As, as not we the, saw not the divorce. <laughs> Well, as we saw with the previous episode talking about Harry Weston, apparently 18 months is respectable, you know, once a, a spouse that's is even rule. divorced or passes, you know, and that's passing. That's probably even more, you know, contentious. So um, I have a Phil thing that, um, so when they're talking about Rose and Dorothy are talking and Rose is like, did you like wearing boys clothes growing up? And it's so sweet. It's so like reflective of internal belief, but also like, internal misogyny because it's cute if little girls wear boys clothes and it's like expected but then Dorothy of course delivers like no unfortunately neither did my brother and that's the punchline like the joke is that Phil wore right. girls clothes but it's not a joke that Dorothy would have worn boys clothes right and even Ro the way Rose says it is really cute like did you like it you know like it's <laughs> oh that's so interesting yeah so much is packed into that little that little nugget god damn it's really interesting to have that in this episode, which we're talking about mm -hmm. is actually kind of like a, a really good representative episode, more or less of, you know, queer community. So interesting, mm -hmm. interesting. What are your thoughts on, on Phil, Chris? I love Phil. And okay, so I have to say this upfront, like nothing offends me. I get, so like the Golden Girls, because it's like, it's like exists on another plane of existence for me that like, it's like anything goes with them. So I know there's like, there's offensive things. There's things that, you know, there are jokes that aren't funny. None of that stuff really bothers me like personally. I understand why people don't like certain episodes or certain references or certain jokes. And I totally get that stuff. So I understand when people are offended by the Phil stuff or they're making fun of, you know, the idea of cross-dressing or, you know, whether you want to, whether people say it's, you know, transphobic or homophobic or, you know, all those types of things. I, I, I understand all that, but I love that with the Phil character, I, I think it's fascinating how often, I love the running joke that it's a character we've never met, but it's all just, it's all references to the fact that he was a cross-dresser, but we know he was a, a straight man married to like a woman with kids and I get why people would be like, you know, might be like offended, but it's just, you, it's just a character that it's amazing how almost well drawn he is for someone who's, who never shows up. And it's totally up to your imagination to picture what he looks like. You're, you're totally picturing him. Like, you know, when Sophie is like, oh, he was wearing like Dorothy's dress. Like you're totally picturing it in your head. And it's up to the audience or the viewer to just be like, 
you know, oh, I'm, this is what picture, this is what Phil looks like. This is like what he's wearing. The idea that like a man, you know, likes to wear women's clothes is not like in itself funny, but there's something about like, you know, this, you know, old, you know, woman from Sicily, like, you know, always ragging on her, like straight married man, son, you know, wearing, wanting to like, it's just amazing that you never see him. And yet he's one of the most well-developed like characters that you never see. So I love it. I love Phil. Yeah, I agree. And it's funny because he like, obviously the cross-dressing thing is like the biggest characterization of him, but there's also mm-hmm. like all of these references to him kind of being like a deadbeat and like a bad son, mm-hmm. but also being like super like Bambina, like the mom, like Sophia is going right. to go live with him because he's having trouble. And I think, I think you're totally right. Like he's so integral to the show in my, like in, in my recollection and my viewing of it. Um, and I do think it's, like in and of itself, it is funny that Sophia would have a son that likes to wear women's clothes and is straight and is married to someone that she hates. <laughs> yeah, and he is so well drawn, like you said, for somebody that never appears on on, uh, on the screen. In fact, more than other characters who do appear on the screen. <laughs> I feel like I know more right, about right. it. It's really fascinating. All right, so I want to also hear about, so when you two were talking earlier about just like relating to the coming out story <laughs> and feeling the weight of like this particular piece, what what strikes me as one of like, I think part of like Clayton's best acting, but also like the best lines that feel really natural is when he's talking to Rose in the park. Obviously that's where we first figure it out. And I think two lines of dialogue really strike me. One is like his very pointed delivery where he just goes, yeah, I'm gay, Rose. <laughs> like he's like so easily says it to her. And then when she's encouraging him to talk to Blanche, which I think she also does very well, she's like, she's gonna be upset, but then she's gonna get over it. Like, I thought that was really mm-hmm. interesting because she's like, I know Blanche. And you're like, yes, this is what will happen. Um, as in fact, we do see. But I love when he, you know, she's encouraging um, him to tell her and he's just like, yeah, every time I see her. And like, just the way he delivers that line shows so much of that frustration of like, I've been trying to say this for so long, right? Like, and it's just, it really, like I, for, for me, I really feel the weight of it in that moment in that particular line. I, I'd love to hear what the two of you think about that scene in particular. Yeah, um, I, I guess I'll go first. I was just gonna say, it's interesting that Clayton so nonchalantly does come out to Rose that way. Like, so he, he he's, I, you get that sense that he's at this point probably comfortable with his sexuality that he's just like, I've just met this person, I'm gonna come out to her. Though in general, it feels like easier to come out to people that you've just met versus people that you've known your whole life. And that's that's like part of, that's like just part of how it works. Um, so, but he does say it so like, yeah, I'm gay, Rose, you know? And it is such, it is a really nice, like a moment that they have together and how, how sweet it is that Rose like kind of wants to help him like come you know come out to like Blanche but like you almost like do get the sense like he seems so like confident with himself like why doesn't he you know why can't he just tell her but like it's the thing it's like some people are are it's easier to say to and some people it's just it's harder to say to especially family members or people that you've known for like so long because you know like once you say it you can't take it back and you don't really know what's what the reaction to the person is you're gonna like tell. Like you, he, I know that deep down he knows that like Blanche will still love him and all that type of stuff. 
but it's it's like still a scary you know situation to like to like find yourself in to like be that open with you know a family member um so you know and i and i get that from from his performance as well so yeah i agree i think that what i took from it is that even when he says like yeah i'm gay and it's so easy for him to say to rose i i totally agree it's easier to come out to somebody that you don't know i also or yeah that you don't know as well i also feel like maybe he has been living as a gay man i get the sense of like where he you know at his home he's i don't know that he's like waving a flag exactly but i do think he's out like i think he knows Mm -hmm. the lingo he's cruising in the park like i think he knows like (laughs) you know how to do it and i feel like it's evident there and it's also when he's like is that how you do it you just look at a guy's butt who doesn't see you at all (laughs) Um, and i just i love so much that it has to be rose because it's so innocent and it's so like sweet and naive and when she you know they have the the conversation at the end she's like did i just say something embarrassing it's so (laughs) well-intentioned and it's like Mm -hmm. such a nice conversation to have um but the other thing i was gonna say is that like i would argue that Blanche's initial reaction is in the worst case scenario bucket for like for me as a gay person if somebody were like no you're not like you just don't mm-hmm. you know like that's wrong like how oh, you mean like the dismissive the dismissive and like assuming that you yeah. know someone's identity better than they know themselves which I think happens right you know um particularly with like trans people now or like white people assuming they can tell black people how racism works in America but like right or even it's, young queer people like oh you don't know yet you're like yeah okay. exactly it's like no i i know <laughs> um mm. but i think that so I, I guess like my point is like his fears are it's short-lived and she's not like awful to him but i do i think that would be hard to come back from yeah i mean he doesn't um you know every gay person when they come out to someone like at least wants like a hug or like you know oh it's great i you know you're still you you know, or, or, or at least a recognition of like, oh, if maybe I've always kind of known or, you know, some sign of like support, but to be like, oh, you're just joking with me or no, you're not like, I mean, he's 45 years old. I think he knows by now. Um, even though he's, you know, he was, I think the actor was like 53 when, I, when she says, she's like, you're 45 years old. I was like, oh, Clayton, he's not 45, but, um, I just, you know, it's, it's funny that Blanche, I think also Blanche deep, deep down, probably also like knows and is in serious denial herself, which she is with like a lot of things. Um, yeah, that's a really good point. You know, so I think maybe it's like almost not to make it about Blanche, but it does kind of become about Blanche, you know, that, you know, she, she maybe has always kind of known or could have suspected and and now this is like the moment that it's being like revealed and it's like scary for her not to make it all about you know her but I mean she's so self-centered but the thing is it is about her and that's like going Mm -hmm. back to what I was saying before about you know having sort of these queer characters portrayed in this sort of mainstream way is that we all know Blanche, we're familiar with Blanche and she's a straight woman and she plays to a lot of things, you know, a lot of things that aren't comfortable with mainstream America, but a lot of things that are. Mm -hmm. And it's really her story. I mean, the story is Mm -hmm. about accepting, uh, you know, a queer family member 
and dealing with that sort of like them coming out and like your reaction to it. So I would definitely mm-hmm. argue like, yeah, make it about Blanche. It's, it's actually. About yeah, her. totally. Right. I mean, I mean, it makes sense in the Jim Colucci book. They talk like the writers talks about how like, you know, it makes sense that this that the gay you know, family member coming out would, would happen with Blanche. She's from the South. Yeah. She's arguably the the straightest, the most heterosexual like character on the show. Um, Dripping with heterosexuality. So, oh, oh, for sure. Um, and just that that's such a great dynamic um, of like having like this Southern belle. I mean, she tried to free and join a white supremacist group for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. Or she's like not going to like hug her like gay brother right away. So a Yankee, um, Feldman, <laughs> Feldman, damn it. Feldman, damn it! I mean, maybe if she had known she was a Feldman at the time, she would have like accepted it a lot sooner. Um, but <laughs> all the all those gays from Buffalo. <laughs> um, but you're right. I mean, in the same way, like that, you know, Rose had to be the one to have, you know, the AIDS scare. It's, it's the mm-hmm. same idea of like the vehicle is really appropriate here with Blanche and that whole Southern genteel, you know, September right. uh, nonsense right. we were talking about earlier. Like, you know, like if Gloria came to visit and was like, oh, Dorothy, I'm gay. Like Dorothy would have been like, you know, no shit. You know, like we're from Brooklyn. <laughs> like we know gay people. Like even though we're, you know, we grew up in like the thirties and forties and fifties, but you know, with Blanche, it's just, you know, it's like the perfect like storyline for her. And it's also, it's interesting that Rue McClanahan had said in the book that that was like the hardest, it was really hard for her to, to do, to get, to give that performance because she's not homophobic and she, you know, you know, 80, you know, 85% of her fan base is like gay men. So like she knew gay people and like for her to like have to like play that to like, you know, her own brother. Um, I think that was really um, a challenge for her. Yeah, and I think she does it such she does so well because like she is you it feels like she's just reacting to the news. Like it's like a little like she's spiraling out of control a little bit when she's like, Tell you're really that thing you just said you are like and his reaction to that too, I think is so good when he's like, I think you heard me the first time. Like it just feels like such a real sort of like sibling blow up. And um and then like, you know, she kind of like she's like in this fight with Rose that she has to go back and sort of apologize for and even that at the end I love so much when she turns it on Rose because she doesn't get to Mm -hmm. give her a speech it's like Blanche never she's never out of character it's it's always about Blanche and I you know I don't mean that as like a dig I just think that's like it's a nice consistency Mm -hmm. but that's what's so great about the character like she's she's self you know she's self-centered and egotistical and all that stuff but that's that's like that's the charm of like that character like the fact that she go like you know when she finally meets up with Clayton what she thinks is the gay bar <laughs> which is so obviously not a gay bar and I'd rather know, go out think, with you lady <laughs> and that's so funny because that scene is always like usually cut out of syndication like that was always a that that like scene was always cut out of like the lifetime reruns where like the women uh, like I mean, the girlfriends or wives <laughs> like like you know get up and be like oh I don't want to watch this let's leave so the joke is that Blanche walks into the bar and only sees men and just assumes, you know, that it's, it's a gay bar that's watching sports apparently. Um, but you know, the way she thinks she converts, you know, and obviously <laughs> like straight man, you know, straight man's in there drinking his beer at the bar. is just like, it is like the, 
epitome of Blanche, like Devereaux, that she's like, I converted one. You know, it's just, <laughs> oh my God, it's so funny. So good. Um, I want to talk about the scene in the kitchen when, you know, the hobo scene. And oh, yes. because I love, I mean, first of all, the scene is just, there's so many like iconic lines, I feel like. But when I was watching this time, Sophia's reaction to his answers of her questions, so good. She's like, I see. Very pensive. Very yeah. pensive. Like she's really thinking, <laughs> like she's really putting it together. And, and they're different each time, like in a really subtle yes. way. It's great acting. It's really mm-hmm. good acting. And like, you know, like they're like Dorothy's watching her like very carefully. And it's just, it's just so amazing. Um, I'd love to also, uh, I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about the same scene. And I want to know if you or anybody else listen, perhaps it's because I was wearing some lovely headphones while watching the episode this time, but there is an audience member who has this heinous coughing fit <laughs> during oh. that scene. And it does not stop until the end of the episode. I am not even kidding you. Go back to the hobo scene and you'll hear this audience member having a cough. And I think it's extra funny now because it's like COVID times and I'm just super (laughs) sensitive to coughs. But it happens again. I mean, literally through my whole note, like notes, it's like, what is with the coughing? This is hilarious from a live taping perspective. The coughing's still happening. Oh my God, the lady's still coughing when Blanche and Clayton are talking. Oh my God, the lady's coughing during the entire episode when Rose and Blanche are in the kitchen. I mean, like I'm freaking out in my notes. And for one thing, I'm fascinated by like, again, like earlier, Chris, you were like, do you think it's like these characters? Was it the network? Was it the show? And my question of this time is like, <laughs> Did, is it because they didn't have the technology or budget for like for post-production or did they just like not care because <laughs> it's so I mean honestly whoever hasn't caught it please watch it because it cracked me up like she's just in the background as like another character in these scenes that's so funny because I I honestly have don't know I don't think I like noticed and it's usually I'm usually the one that is noticing like the random weird laughs that people the audience members do in some random episodes like um the episode where Dorothy's like oh ma how about you come into the kitchen I'll make you some tea and you hear that woman have like a full body orgasm in the audience like very now specific to fall. as as if like sh- these people like wanted to be immortalized in a great work of art <laughs> like I'm just gonna laugh or cough or sneeze like on the show and it will be like there forever you know like these literally these episodes i want to track down this lady yeah but the cough it's so funny because I, I i never actually noticed that and i'm kind of ashamed and i'm gonna when we're done i'm gonna go put it on and i'm gonna you're like, gonna listen. go back yeah i'm gonna look for listen, it too. we're gonna we're gonna talk about it we're gonna use the hashtag like coughing gate 88 like because like <laughs> literally I just I was giggling to myself like uh you giggle when you create your golden girls posters I I just couldn't believe it because it also was funny because these this is a serious episode there's like a series of pretty serious talks that happen and I just I I am I'm presuming it's a woman it it could be someone else um but it's it is just so funny it's just really funny and I'm like what the fuck, producer? You like kick this lady out or like get her away from the mic? Like, what are you doing? I anyway, picture Dorothy um, banging the diary on the thing. 
<laughs> exactly. Use the knife. <laughs> anyway, well, I had to literally get that off my chest because it was unbelievable. Um, so also going back to your the bar scene, uh, whereas I think it's funny, but also like the anti-misogynist in me just like cringes when the guy's like, hey, you know, what do you have, sweetheart? And she just like freaks out. There's like a lot to unpack in that situation, mm -hmm. right? Don't talk to my brother that way. I'm not comfortable with a man treating like and demeaning a man in that way. But like, oh, if you're talking to me, that's totally fine. <laughs> it's right. like, whoa, there's a lot there that like, I don't think the writers intended at all to happen in that scene. But I had a very like visceral reaction to that scene. <laughs> that's also like a foreshadowing of how she gets to a place where she accepts Clayton. But then when Doug comes around, you know oh, he yeah. has that whole like is it okay as long as i'm celibate and that's like the same thing it's like yeah. she's getting like you know she's gonna allow him to be gay but he can't be called sweetheart <laughs> right it's the same thing right? later when when they're at the at the house and she's like oh let's go out to dinner we're gonna go to emilio's <laughs> they wear really top pants and he's like really he's like oh, okay. he's like, oh. <laughs> or jose's i said she, she wants to go to jose's and then she's like oh, we'll go to Emilio's because the bullfighters yeah exactly right so but you're you right know, it's the same she thing. doesn't she doesn't want she's like okay I'm, i've accepted you but like you can't like you know i don't want to you know someone to talk to, like i don't want anyone else to know that you're gay i don't want you to be able to you know show any signs of being gay just you know it's like she wants him to kind of go back in the closet and act the way he was but she's like oh I'm, i've accepted you like it doesn't <laughs> work that way you're right though that i never even thought of like the bullfighter pants being mm -hmm. literally the plot like that is a nugget of the plot of the next episode with clayton i've yeah. never thought about yep. that but it's the exact same issue like hey yep. overshadowing mm -hmm. lynch we're gonna have a whole episode to talk about this shit <laughs> and why you should let clayton look at the bullfighter butts come on right Jesus. um so can we can we talk about the b story the people and uh wrapping oh yeah the people sure <laughs> i just also <laughs> You know, Betty White, the immortal genius. It, it literally just the who's that at the door? It's me, Blanche. Hey, Blanche. Just so they're in the middle of a fight. She's also like <laughs> doing something for Dorothy, who's clearly nervous. There's a lot of tension and drama in the air, and she just swings around. Oh, it's me. Like just very, very basically. And I love it so. It is, it is such a it's it's like one of the best, funniest like jokes it's so good and it's just for the stupid peephole in the door that never existed and i just love how they have this peephole in the door just for that joke and it, but it's so worth it it was worth it the carpenter's time the set decorator to have to put that stupid people there so they can have this really like dumb kind of throwaway joke but it's so funny i like laugh out loud every time <laughs> It's, it's yeah, really it's, funny. It's me, Blanche. It's so good. And the, this is like, so like classic, like Seinfeldy almost, where like there's this one weird thing that starts in the beginning and then it closes all up at the end with mm -hmm. the fedora. Um, and it's just like, so when Rose is like, all I can see is the fedora. And oh God, like it's that scene is just so, it's beat, beat, beat. There's so many funny things. Also, like if you really unpack it, like the logic of Mildred, it's like, didn't you get my message when I just yelled at your <laughs> room from the outside of the building when you were napping? Like, how do you this, not this, understand this? 
does Sophia even have a window in her room? Like her room seems really like dark and like small and like how does she even like see through the wind? It's and it's just creepy. I don't know. They it's, have a it's, phone. It's, it's it's yeah. It's a it's funny. Like who like it's such an I guess it's such an eighties thing to like you know when you call someone or you know knock you know because you can't just like call up their you know cell or text them. You obviously drive all the way to their house and scream out their their window that they have room to like play you know to go bowling. It's just. <laughs> It's, it's, it's just one of those, like, the show is so, like, so many of these plot things and jokes are so silly and, and just stupid, but they're so funny. Right. And it works. And I think, honestly, how, how dumb that is, like, the whole scene and then (laughs) Sophia just pivots the whole episode. She's been preparing for death and then she's like, I'm going to, I'm going bowling. It's, that's like, that's some sort of packed metaphor for like acceptance Mm -hmm. of end of life. (laughs) Like, oh, I didn't die. I'm going bowling. (laughs) Yeah. It is so random. I think I wrote this like in my little like review that like the, it is a shame that that plot line just feels so disconnected from like the Clayton stuff. I always just, I just enjoy like when the jokes kind of like when you said with Seinfeld, the way like two seemingly different storylines kind of come together somehow um but you know but it is funny I think the the writers for so long struggled to to give like Sophia like really worthwhile like storylines um especially at least when she's like by herself like usually she'll be paired up with one of the characters you know, like with her and Blanche when they get ripped off by, you know, the shopping nun, you know, and that, that type of stuff. But like, usually when she's by herself, she just like, oh, like I'm going to be, I want to be in the magician show or like, I'm going to be in the talent show. I'm trying to find the talent, you know, at least with like, you know, the, the Reagan episode, the, the Gorbachev episode where like the whole episode, she's just trying to find her talent. And then she finally does. And it's the Reagan impression. And she calls Rose with the impression. Like, that's, like, a perfect example of, like, a seemingly pointless Sophia plotline that ties perfectly into, like, right. the main epi- the main storyline. So, you know, I, it, it gets a little ding for, like, not really, you know, it, 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 is, it is a fun, you know, like, you know, reveal or whatever. But it doesn't really wrap into the main storyline, which, like, always kind of annoyed me. But, you know, Estelle Getty, like, totally nails it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I feel like it, it also, like, Sophia's interactions with Clayton are so limited like there's obviously the um the little night music the send in the clowns bit which Mm -hmm. is really funny but I wonder if they just like didn't know how to work her into that like to Clayton in general and so like tying in this other B story would have just been like such a hurdle for them so I, Mm I I I see what you mean and I do feel like they there's a way they could have done it um, but it's just so funny that I feel like it's, it stands up. Yeah. I mean, the other alternative is to do the thing where they just send Sophie away for half the episode and then she shows up like, comes back. to make like a funny joke or whatever. Especially can, can with go- a queer character. So yeah. Right. Right. Can, can yeah. we just go back real quick to the scene yeah. when, um, Rose, when they're in the kitchen and Rose, you know, Dorothy is asking like, you know, Rose is like, oh, you know, Clayton has a secret about himself. And she whispers into Dorothy's ear and Dorothy keeps like push, like in perfect physical comedy is pushing, you know, yes. 
Sophia's head away and it's so good. And, and Dorothy's perfectly delivered line of Clayton's a hobo. <laughs> so let's, I think it's funny. I think it's hilarious. And, you know, from, from then on, from now on, like hobo is, is synonymous with, you know, a, a gay man. Like, that's just like the way it is. As a Golden Girls fan, when you say, you know, I'm a hobo, you're a, you're a gay person. And, and that's just the way it is. The way, you know, an image consultant is a, is, is, is a lesbian, you know, that type of right. stuff. It's just, or it's when the, you greet your little... sibling by saying, sister. Sister, baby brother. <laughs> so, but like, so did Rose like whisper in her ear, like Clayton's a homo? That feels aggressive. <laughs> That feels it's aggressive, just, but that's the implication. Feels feels very unlike sweet, innocent Rose. And I think that's kind of fascinating. I mean, I it's like they, they wanted it just obviously just for the hobo like joke, but like <laughs> like it's like hard to like picture like Rose like using that kind of like language. Craft I don't know. Language, I, I was yeah. I was just I was curious what you guys thought about that. Well, yeah, because like she she talked about Olga Larson's nephew who gave out puff pastry on Halloween. Like that's how she, mm-hmm. which also sounds delicious, by the way. Um, uh, but like that's yeah, paisley looks. <laughs> but yeah, that's the way she says it. And to your point, like I, it does not read correctly for me for the Rose character at all. And I actually have never. I've always thought that joke was funny, but I never thought it was wonderful because to me it didn't read true, ring true for like yeah. how Rose would whisper it right it's just I just love I just love B's delivery of like the way she like says it and I just and it's just like now we have this immortalized like hobo like joke but the you know the the conception of it is feels so like off yeah for sure I wish we got to see the picture (laughs) (laughs) I look at it yeah oh good (laughs) amazing well, what do you think, team? Do we wrap it up? Let me look at my I notes and see if there's anything yeah, look at your else. Notes. Make sure um, oh, and then like the the at the like the very last like scene when they're in the kitchen and she's like, they're the you know, Blanche is like, they're the two hardest words for me to say. And Rose is like, not tonight. Not tonight. Like those are just <laughs> like you know, I I love Betty White's delivery of like those kind of little nasty lines that are like left over from playing Sue Ann Nivens from like Mary Tyler Moore yeah. you know I I love it's like it's like she gets a little possessed by her every like once in a while you know like she just like pops up for a good time to deliver a good fun, line fun to see and in this one especially like it's so deserved like Blanche is being a real bitch yeah sure. <laughs> yeah but I guess that's that's all Okay, well, we got it all. Chris, thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun. Um, All of you who are listening, you probably already know where to find Chris's excellent creations. But if you don't, um, he's on Instagram at Golden Girls Posters. Um, He's on Twitter at GG Posters. You can go to oshutuprose.com for all of your references. And of course, the Tea Public Shop um, is where you need to get all of your gifts for the serious Golden Girls fan in your life. I love it. And yeah, we had so much fun uh, and really look forward to all of your future poster cre- uh, creations. And we'll probably we'll probably do like some sort of roundup of our top our top 10 favorites uh, yeah. sometime soon. So thanks again for being uh, here. But, awesome. Uh, Thank you guys so much. It was so yeah, much fun. Absolutely.
oh my gosh, we had a blast. Um, and even better, you can all join us next time. We're going to talk about uh, showing your ex-wife that special part of yourself right there in the waiting room. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs>